On tonight's episode, we try and find something funny about Henry, portrait of a serial killer. My guest is Aaron Rose. This is Manic Movie Monday. Let our love be a flame, not an ember. Say it's me that you want to dismember. Blacken my eye, set fire to my tie as we dance to the masochism tango. All right, are we ready to talk about Henry, portrait of a serial killer? (laughs) All right, so big question, because this is a dark as fuck movie. Yep. <laughs> why did you yeah I was gonna say why is this one of your favorites because I know this is one of your favorites um I don't know I like I honestly like everything about this movie um from like the subject matter to it being just like an awesome Chicago movie and it's like an old Chicago movie um and there's not a lot of like movies out there that like showcase Chicago the way um Henry does and I think obviously because it's from John McNaughton who went to Columbia College which is downtown and he just shot it guerrilla style which again is something I very much appreciate um but yeah I just like I like the movie is perfect in my opinion wow that's huge that's like so that's like a that's like a very glowing review of that and um and that's interesting now I know you are Chicago based so Mm -hmm. now as far as separating it from the actual Henry Lee Lucas timeline do you consider this like actually a true story or is it more like because I mean, did he, so that's a good question. Cause I, I, I did a little deep dive into Henry recently. Um, but like, did he actually go to Chicago? Um, I don't know. He was, I don't think he was like actually in Chicago. So I think he was like more Texas based. Okay. Um, he did confess to like over 300 murders. <laughs> I don't know if like any of those happened in Chicago, but like for the most part, I feel like it's, um pretty close to Henry Lee Lucas's story like even like the character of Becky was like a real person although in like real life she was like 12 years old (laughs) yeah Um, in real life she was Otis's niece as opposed to in the movie she's she's referred to as his sister right yeah so like they did and like they did that too because um like John McDalton wasn't opposed to having like a 12 year old um but it was it's obviously a low budget movie and in order to have a 12 year old you'd also have to have like tutors and things on set which they just couldn't afford yeah (laughs) so they made her a little bit older um but yeah it's uh I think it's like pretty close I guess (laughs) to like the real life Henry obviously like they like blurred the lines a little bit like even with Henry and Otis's relationship 
I think they were like lovers in real life. Yeah. Right? In real life, they were considered, they were, they were, well, I guess obviously uh, uh, results may vary, but like a lot, like for the most part, everyone says, you know, that they were, you know, one was, one was catching, the other one was pitching. Um, yeah. So where did you first see this movie? How did you get introduced to it? How old were you? I was like, I've been like trying to figure that out. I'm pretty sure I saw it as like a teenager. Um, I'm not, I can't like remember like the very first time I saw it though. Um, I'm sure I was like in high school and then I've just like watched it over and over again. (laughs) Um, I was going to say, when when you watch it, like, do you see like your hometown and you see like landmarks and things and stuff that you experienced as a, as a teenager and and now? Yeah. I started my career working in the loop and it's like, it's a whole different place now than it was even like 10, 15 years ago. Um, and I also like went to Columbia college, um, where like John McNaughton went and yeah like that whole area it's kind of like it's a lot nicer now (laughs) than it was even you know like 20 years ago um like when I was frequenting a downtown but yeah it was kind of like there was like a grittiness and a dirtiness to Chicago that like doesn't really exist anymore um that you get to see in this movie and I really appreciate that like I don't know people like talk I feel like a lot of people talk about like New York that way there's like old New York and New York now and like the old New York was like Times Square when it was all you know like porno movie theaters yes exactly (laughs) but I feel like Chicago is very similar maybe not like porno movies but it was like kind of like gross and gritty and like all of like the loop would like just shut down at like 6 p.m um because like everyone who was working down there like went home and so you were just kind of like left with you know like weird bars and things like that that were still open um but yeah I just I don't know I love the way like this whole movie shot and the side of Chicago that you get to see in it like they don't romanticize it at all like us. No. It's a very it's kind of like how John Waters movies are a representation of his his Baltimore, like his Baltimore. I feel like this is a representation of like what would be your Chicago. Oh, for sure. And like I obviously I love John Waters. He's probably he is my favorite director, but um, I think like one of his very underrated movies is Cecil B. Demented, which is about like guerrilla filmmakers, which is very much how Henry was shot, you know, like they didn't get any permits. They just like went out into the street and shot stuff. A lot of the people like in the movie were like friends of theirs so that they didn't have to pay them. <laughs> but yeah, it just like it works so well. Now, have you seen the sequel that they that somebody else made? <laughs> yeah, no, I have not seen that. Um, I'm not. Do you have you have you watched the sequel? No, I've not- I've heard. I mean, I, I haven't heard anything negative about it necessarily. It's not like it's American Psycho two, 
which right. I mean, we could do an entire episode on that. Um, yeah. God, but uh, <laughs> it it um it, it from what I hear, like it's it's not necessarily like one way or the other. But I know that none of our people are in it at all. I mean, yeah, I like I I don't like see the point of like making sequels like that. Like why? I yeah I mean it's a serial killer movie it would be like yeah. making a sequel to the Ted Bundy movie or make a sequel to well right. any of the Dahmer movies you know I think like one of the like the beautiful like parts about this movie is you know it's about a serial killer and you don't get any resolution which is why it was like so poorly received by people like it's like one of the few movies that got an X rating despite not having any like gratuitous sex scenes or gratuitous violence in it like it's all you know it's happening you see the aftermath but you don't really see a lot of it happening in progress and it's because of just like the underlining tone of the movie is so frightening and awful and like you know, like, as far as the movie goes, like, Henry just kind of gets away with it. There's nobody hunting him down. There's nobody, like, trying to, like, make him pay for, like, what he's doing. He just kind of, like, gets to do this. It follows the storyline. And you never really have, like, any kind of resolution <laughs> right. as far as, like, and Yeah, the, the ending of that movie sticks with you for years i mean it really does and we can we can spoiler alert this shit because you know we do the spoilers but like the basically he kills becky cuts her up into little pieces and puts her in a suitcase and the last shot the parting shot of the film is the suitcase and a very muffled noise of like a dying woman yeah and that's like I like the sound production on this movie is even like fantastic because again you don't really see the violence happening you'll see like the aftermath of it and you'll see like these shots of like dead women and like while you're seeing these shots like in the background you're hearing the audio of like what was happening to lead up to that point and it's so unsettling (laughs) yeah that's I I I really agree with you on that is what makes it one of the more disturbing movies is is Mm -hmm. the audio that's a good that's a really that's a really good insight because um, I've been trying to kind of wrap my brain around why this movie is so is, is on all of these lists and is very dark and obviously is not to a level of say like Serbian film, which oh. I've never seen. I've read the I've read I've read the I've read the Wikipedia description, and that's really enough for me. I don't need to see the movie yeah, Serbian. I feel film. The same way about that movie. Yeah. It's like yeah, I'm good. Um, kind of draw the line at baby fucking. I just that's like my yeah, my, no, my little no, yeah my reach my boundary um but with this movie i feel like all of the i think the fact that it is so gorilla as you said and it Mm -hmm. is so low budget i feel like that is what makes it almost like you were watching a snuff movie right yeah it's that and like 
I don't like Michael Rickard. I think this is like his debut movie. Yes, um, yes, because he was a. I guess he was a janitor. Um, yeah. or I'm sorry, in the custodial arts and, uh, <laughs> they found him via, okay. that was how they found him. And they were like, you know, want an acting job. And he was like, sure. And that was it. Yeah. Um, but he is like, he is so like, every time he's on screen, it's so scary. Um, because you know, he's doing like these horrendous things, but like every time he's on screen, he's just so calm and relaxed and casual and even like his relationship with Becky like he's so I like he's so nice kind of in a way like you see like this weird side of him and he has like certain morals um but like at the same time he's doing like these awful awful things (laughs) Um, but like the fact that like, even like when him and Otis are like watching like the videotape of like what they did to that family, like they're so calm and relaxed about it. And there's something like so unsettling about that, you know, like that they could be like, so at ease, like seeing what they just fucking did to this family. It is so spooky (laughs) and that scene has been called um i think my favorite my favorite quote about that scene was from some some director and i don't know who it was because it wasn't someone who was very well known like eli roth or you know toby hooper or whatever but someone said um that scene is unholy that was how he put it he goes it's unholy that scene and i was like yeah yeah no that's uh you nailed it right there i mean it's a very um (laughs) You know, like you take home invasion and then you add necrophilia and then you add child killing and it's like, okay, yeah, we're pretty much trifecta reached, Uh you know? Yeah, Yeah, you get a little bit of everything in that. (laughs) But the acting in it, even though it is a low budget movie and obviously they didn't have a lot of money to afford really any big names in that. I mean, Tom Mm -hmm. Towles, who who plays Otis, was... Uh, a marine you know he wasn't I think he had he his background was in com was an improv comedy um Mm -hmm. but he wasn't particularly well known and neither really was Michael Rooker and none of the women I think ever went on to do anything else that I know of yeah I I I like looked up like the women in the movie and it's like that is like most of theirs like only acting credit right (laughs) did it as a favor and we're done here we don't need to go any further with our our acting career like you know I like I find that like hilarious like imagine like those women like being moms and like oh yeah I was in a movie once (laughs) and then like what was the movie I'm the hooker with the beer bottle (laughs) stuck in her mouth Right. right and she like that woman I think she was like friends with John McNaughton because she actually plays like three of the victims. three roles right <laughs> she plays like that role and then um and then there's yeah, a couple think, others that she plays yeah yeah I think she's like the opening shot like the orange socks lady so I know that you're pretty horror centric in the sense that you like a lot of horror and a lot of cult 
do you delve into the serial killers type stuff like the true crime stuff I do yeah I'm a big fan of like true crime um it it very well like could have started with this like movie because like I got I started like getting into true crime when I was a teenager just because I like I don't know I find it like fascinating and it's so it's so foreign to me that like people can do these horrific things (laughs) and it's something that like I like I try to understand and I want to understand but at the same time it's like I don't really (laughs) like I don't ever like want to be of like the mindset where like I can understand right um, I think it's I think it's it's easier to understand where they come from and like the fact that like I got into it when I was probably around 12 or 13 I think and um and it was because my hometown Florida is rampant with serial killer stories serial killers I mean we're just kind of like that's our that's our thing right um so yeah I mean growing up with like where when the Gainesville murders happened and my parents wouldn't let me read the paper you know or um you know Bundy you know when Bundy got executed and that was a huge huge deal in Florida you know and it was like you're just constantly like looking up stuff and like oh I wonder what this is or I wonder what that you know and um it's different now though man like when I get into a serial killer like a little rabbit hole I have to stop myself because it will it'll fuck with my sleep Oh, sure. Yeah. And then I won't be able to sleep. So then it's like, eh, you know, so boyfriend and I have a rule and we're like, okay, we're going to do four hours of true crime uh-huh. and then that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. I was, um, I was always like a big fan of like unsolved mysteries. It was like one of those shows that was always on like, oh, yeah. like my grandparents' house or whatever. And yeah and that's probably like what made me who I am is <laughs> like watching unsolved mysteries and creepy and as like, fuck too I mean unsolved mysteries was a creep for for being a show that was basically on prime time it was an absolutely creepy show yeah and they like they touched on everything it wasn't always just like true crime you had like aliens and ghosts and <laughs> yeah unexplained <laughs> phenomenon yeah, yeah exactly so All it's the like stuff. crazy <laughs> So, um, have you ever, because you grew up there, did you take like a tour of all of the places that Henry, uh, filmed at, or were you just like, this is down the street and I know where this is? I mean, so I've never done like a tour tour, um, of like the Henry locations, but like, obviously like I've been to a lot of those places, and I recognize a lot of those places, but yeah, no, I've never done like an official like tour where I just like went to like the shooting spot, you know, it's more of like a happenstance thing because I did, like, I went to Columbia for a year. So like a lot of that was like shot in that like area of Chicago. Um, so it's just something like, I guess like you take for granted, like seeing like all the time. And it's not just like, it's not exclusive to like Henry there's like plenty of like Chicago films that like I've been to like the locations that were in movies like Child's Play for instance Mm -hmm. that was like Mm -hmm. right downtown as well like the toy store um and yeah like I've never done an official tour I was like talking to a friend recently about how 
I feel like there should be like a tour for like famous like movie shots and I mean I like there's so many different places you could go with that like even just like the Blues Brothers like all of like the places they go in that movie like why is there not a tour for that (laughs) it should exist yeah there should be like a movie like location tour in Chicago yeah like how in LA where they have the bus and the bus goes by everywhere and they're like and that's where pretty woman was filmed you know like you figured they would have something like that in Chicago just because you guys do have a lot of movies that are shot there or movies that have been shot there over a period of 50 years yeah yeah there's tons of I mean especially now they're like always shooting something in Chicago now but yeah there should be like a tour or something that just like hits like the big spots (laughs) from like a lot of like these very famous movies and I feel like it would be like wildly popular you know like if you go to Milwaukee they have you know tours like that even just for like Jeffrey Dahmer like where you can like get a bus I was gonna say that's synonymous with Milwaukee whenever Uh I hear Milwaukee I don't think about the beer I immediately think about Dahmer yeah immediately it's the first thing that pops into my brain as well (laughs) now I know that you have met John Waters several times have you ever met any of the cast or the director of this movie I have not and I would really like to I know um John McNaughton does like a lot of like the horror fest and things like that he does Um, okay yeah yeah, I've never never met him I would love to meet Michael Rooker like I think he is an incredible actor and I don't think he gets like enough credit for like how good he is (laughs) he's really Um, yeah no he's an amazing actor and he's he's just a very gifted multifaceted guy I mean I think he kind of gets pigeonholed into playing these sort of like evil you know darker roles or whatever but he's probably just a really nice regular dude he's in mall rats for christ's sake so yeah and like that's like one of the things I've like heard about him it's like he he plays like a certain kind of character he's always kind of like dickish in a way but like everyone says he's like one of like the nicest human beings out there that's what I hear yeah I met um William Forsythe um who who played in Devil's Rejects and Gacy and uh, I mean he's been in a shit time Raising Arizona he's been in a lot of things and I was very nervous to meet him because I was like you know but he was um really a gentleman and nice and Mm -hmm. wonderful and you know yeah on that level yeah that's great I love like hearing that like it really um I feel like it's really sad like when you like hear about people like just being like assholes <laughs> in person like yeah. I've met like, a particular just- special effects artist whose name begins with s and ends in i and he is uh unfortunately a just a just a dick and yeah I met him on five different occasions at five different ages and five different like you know, circumstances. Cause I kind of thought like, okay, well maybe, you know, we get him on an off day or maybe yeah, we got yeah. him when maybe he wasn't in a good mood or whatever. And, yeah. but, um, I talked to a few people and actually one of the hard conventions, uh, my ex-husband and I went to, we were walking by and there was this conversation and someone said, I was going to get his autograph, but he's not very nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, yeah, see, it's not just us. It's not just uh-huh. us. But yeah. 
I will say, I will call out Greg Nicotero is bar none. I mean, if you had a cigarette, he'd be right there with a lighter. Oh, nice. <laughs> like he, he was just like gentlemanly, nice, wonderful to his fans, wanted to talk to everyone, uh-huh. answered all of the, you know, questions that all the fanboys come up with. Um, yeah. Not creepy with the women, you know, just, <laughs> just a good, just a good solid dude. Like I've always wanted to meet like Rick Baker, you know, cause that's, yeah. 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 So, um, I mean, they all like seem pretty nice. <laughs> like they would yeah. be really cool. I would be very disappointed to hear like anything bad about them or like, them treating their fans poorly. No, um, but it's like, it's always like scary to kind of like, meet people in real life because you never know exactly like what's gonna be like it's true <laughs> it's true just because they're good actors doesn't mean they're not dicks in real life you know that's the hard part yeah and, which uh, like you would think like being a good actor like they could like fake be nice it's like can't you just fake being nice for this six hour time period where you're sitting yeah. here signing autographs while someone right. fans you <laughs> and brings you bottled water yeah uh, you would think so so yeah. um soundtrack this is a good question for you because you're very music oriented was there yeah. anything featured on the soundtrack that was that that kind of got your attention because i know there's one song that plays when they are killing the uh i always call him the tv salesman but that's not who yeah, <laughs> no, they kill him with a tv but that's not yeah. <laughs> when they're killing that yeah. guy um there's a song that gets played but like i didn't know if you knew anything about the soundtrack or if they even had a soundtrack to it um there is a soundtrack i actually have it on vinyl i bought that like a couple see months that's ago. why i asked you <laughs> perfect um but yeah i think like the soundtrack is good and like i did like touch on uh just like the sound engineering of like the whole movie and how like unsettling it is like i would put it right up there with um like texas chainsaw massacre and like the just like weird ominous like noises that you kind of hear that are like so kind of like gut-wrenching and like unsettling but yes. there is like some like oddly good music in Henry like there's like a Sonic song in there <laughs> which, that's what I was asking because like, I I knew if someone was gonna know it was gonna be you so yeah for like a low budget movie it's surprising that they would have like actual like songs in there because you have to pay for those you know and I think that they the budget for like the movie was like only a hundred grand yeah and it made I think it made 600 grand theatrically in the in the because I'm sure I'm sure when it hit when it actually hit VHS you know and people could um access it without having to you know pass it around in a paper bag that it it probably made a good portion of its money back on uh video sales i yeah i mean it's a cult movie for sure and it like had to be again because it had like the x rating at first so like nobody would touch it and it was made in like 1986 um but it was never 
actually like in a theater or anything until 1989. <laughs> so it took three years just for it to like get into a place where like people could see it because it had like this X rating and because it was like so disturbing. But yeah, like it had like, it did like have like oddly good reviews. Like Roger Ebert was like a huge fucking fan of this movie. Which is um, funny because he usually despises anything related to yeah. whatever uh-huh. you want to say, if it's a horror film or if it's not a horror yeah. film. If it's, I, I don't know how you would characterize this. I would characterize it as a suspense thriller, probably. Yeah, I mean, it definitely, um, I feel like it's like thrown in the, like, the horror genre, but it is definitely like more of a suspense movie. Like there's not... There's not a lot of like horror happening in it. Again, like it's it's almost like mind-numbingly boring, like for what you fucking see. But like you know that like there are these like things happening that you are not seeing, which is like what makes it so um like suspenseful and like creepy. Which is which I think is part of its brilliance yeah. um, because oh, yeah. it managed to make people uncomfortable, walk out of the theater. Um, yeah. You know, it, it managed to get the an X rating from the MPAA despite not yeah. having any sexual intercourse or yeah. real, I mean, the, the, the most violent part is when he kills Otis and yeah. that's, pretty tame in comparison to say a hostile or a saw or oh god yeah god forbid any of those other ones yeah exactly so there's a and you mentioned texas chainsaw which that's exactly the audio quality evoked it it absolutely made me think of that it's definitely i mean it is like it's so scary it is like a horror movie but it's not like a classic horror movie and i think that's like what's so charming about it and why i like it so much in wrapping up if uh let's say somebody was like i really like henry what other movies can you recommend aaron rose what would you say oh god i mean to follow up henry that's a good question um i mean i definitely feel like there's a lot of like overlap with like Henry and Texas Chainsaw but I feel like everyone's seen like Texas Chainsaw before I don't know where I would go because honestly like I don't feel like there's a lot of good movies about serial killers (laughs) no like most of the ones out there are just trash like I don't I don't understand like why people can't get it right but I feel the same way about like biopics like music biopics like there's a new Elvis movie coming out which I think looks like garbage but (laughs) (laughs) like it got me thinking there's like not like many good like music biopics out there and I feel the same way about like serial killer movies like they just don't I like they always just like miss the mark for me um, which is like why like Henry stands out so much. Like obviously it's a fictionalized version of Henry Lee Lucas, but 
God, it's so good and so like scary and creepy. (laughs) (laughs) And there's not really like many other movies like it out there. Even, you know, yeah, 30 years later specific it's almost like a it's a snapshot of time yeah because you know it's it's very it's very low budget without looking like it was shot on like someone's phone you know what I mean like and it's it's got that grain to it it's got a very almost documentarian style to it and um and then it's disturbing and then yeah the audio it was funny because I was yeah it's like nailed it like that's how we yeah. would describe it it's like well like it'll fuck with you yeah but in a totally different way than right. saying something you know that's more like in your face or weird or um yeah yeah I don't know like what I would even like put on a list with this movie other than like maybe Texas Chainsaw and then probably I'd like actually like throw the witch in there you know ah um, okay it's another like one of those like sneaky movies where like not a lot's happening you get like little snippets that like something terrible is like going on but for the most part it's just like you're watching like these people in their everyday lives but there's something like so unsettling about like what's happening that you don't see now that's (laughs) and that's like a great horror like you know I like they always say like nothing like you see is going to be like scarier than like what your own brain comes up with (laughs) oh absolutely I feel like the opening shot of Henry not the field (laughs) shot yeah girl toilet bottle and mouth Mm -hmm. and the faint audio in the background of yeah basically what's happening it yeah. and that's enough like that tells you exactly what kind of movie this is right. like that tells you like we're about you strap in because mm-hmm. this is gonna this is dark and we're gonna yeah. it's gonna stay this way oh for sure there's so much like happening in the movie that you don't see and it's just like little things like he you know, picks up like the hitchhiker who has the guitar and then you don't know what happens to her, but all of a sudden he's giving a guitar to like Otis. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So you know like something really terrible like happened to that person. Right. But like there's a lot of like things that like it alludes to and you just never see actually happen. Bloody suitcase. I yeah. mean, it's just, it's a very it's a very simple right. scene, but it, it but it much like with Texas Chainsaw when you see yeah. the meat hook, uh-huh. the tub, and her, uh-huh. and uh-huh. you don't see anything else. That's it. That's all your body. That's all your brain needs to come yeah. up with a fucked up scenario, basically. And and right. Like that scene in particular, Texas Chainsaw, it's so funny because like, like Toby Hooper like talks about like meeting fans and like how they'll like say like how fucking horrifying like that scene was, but you never actually like see it happen. But like people like remember it because their brain just like, you know, it puts it together, (laughs) but you never actually like 
see anything like gruesome happen mm. there no it's a it's a fairly bloodless movie for and, and yeah. i believe if memory serves me correctly texas chainsaw was thrown out was was gonna be x too they were gonna be they were gonna throw it you know yeah i don't know x. how they escaped <laughs> an x rating honestly i mean i like that could be a whole thing in itself funded by the mob <laughs> Uh, yeah yeah as as were most uh 70s 70s and 80s movies it's especially we we do an entire episode on how organized crime gave us the best porn we'll ever see but um you know (laughs) all of those movies every you know deep throat devil miss jones all of that stuff was funded by the mom oh yeah yeah it's like yeah which i I'm sure there was like some sort of like pull there with like ratings and whatnot. Now, Sean McNaughton also did a movie called The Borrower. And did you see that movie? And is that movie also comparable to to Henry as far as seen that? I was like thinking about this because I rewatched like Henry this week and I'm like, I don't like I don't know if like really any movies that he did after this and I know he was kind of like a jack of all trades like he's done pretty much like every job underneath the sun like from working at a bar to like building boats and but yeah I've never seen like another movie that he did outside of Henry Richard Fire. I think Richard Fire yeah Richard Fire is in Poltergeist 3 Yes, he is. Another, like, great Chicago movie. He's the therapist. <laughs> He's the therapist in, in Poltergeist 3. He's like, and don't yeah, forget the cilantro. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's that guy. Yeah. What a dick. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, so, yes. Name, so, he's... <laughs> right yeah i was gonna say it was in parting i think we should there has to be a chicago horror tour oh yeah i should like i should just like map out like some of like the great locations in chicago Fuck yeah absolutely i feel like i've done it with like child's play more than anything (laughs) um because that's one of my all-time favorites as well um But yeah, I feel like there's a lot of places in Henry. There's a lot of places in Poltergeist 3 that you could go to. I'm like yeah. the only person that likes Poltergeist 3, so. <laughs> I I love all of those movies, honestly. Like, when I was, like, a kid, we would, um, we would, like, go to, like, my grandma's. And, like, the big thing is, like, we would go to the video store and you could, like, rent whatever movie you wanted. And my movies were always, like, the Poltergeist like all of them <laughs> one two and three I fucking love them I would like watch them in like the black basement <laughs> like, That's the so best. yeah I think I think if you're exposed to that stuff at an early age it's like that's that becomes it just becomes part of you it's just like if I'm having I was saying this like if I'm having a bad day or if I'm having like a just kind of a downtime or whatever I'll be like oh I want to go home and watch the prowler for some <laughs> reason yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's that I want to watch people get stabbed with a pitchfork or if I just like the aesthetic of it. Like you like the aesthetic of Henry. I think it's just, there's something comforting about horror to some people, whereas it disturbs others and makes others not yeah. be able to sleep. Right. Yeah. I don't know. They like, they do a good job of like making you despise Henry while also 
like making him like oddly relatable like you know yeah it's like how about them bears <laughs> fuck your bears yeah <laughs> <laughs> but even like i like he has like some sort of like weird moral code that you can like relate to like when he reprimands otis like the first time he you know kind of crosses the line with his sister and like don't that's your sister right like it's apparently yes home invasions and killing children are well within his comfort zone but yes sister fucking no yeah like like incest isn't okay like he has a problem with like necrophilia like right because because Mm -hmm. otis tries to have sex with the corpse and he's like no (laughs) like he just barks it at him like no no yeah he has like lines that he won't cross even though he is like a vicious murderer (laughs) when in fact in real life um based upon all of the documentaries that i've watched on on henry lee lucas yes necrophilia was was well within his comfort zone so um you know so uh so i got that but um all right man this has been awesome you're you're a fabulous interviewer man if you come up with another movie i'll totally have you on again oh god yeah anytime he's like all this stuff super (laughs) fucking cool